Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on the sportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. It is a great pleasure to be back on board once again today with you to talk about the NFL draft, Minnesota Vikings draft especially. You know, just random bits and pieces here in the NFL draft. Just because. Uh, obviously, there's some interesting picks along the way. But again, the Vikings getting 11 players in this draft. Crazy. Uh, trade down, trade this, trade that. Move around, go up, go up after this guy. Trade down for more picks. Up, trade, up this and that. So, kind of fun. Kind of fun, kind of exciting. Certain guys slipped, certain guys went earlier. And at the end of the day, we don't know. Uh, it's like in Back to the Future, you know, when uh, at the end of Back to the Future 2, when the whole... I don't know if all of you are old enough or you saw the movie, but the message you're fired from Marty McFly's boss in in the future in 2015. The future. Hmm. Yeah. That's insane. But (laughs) it shows how old we are now. Um, But yeah, the message disappeared because the future hadn't been written yet. You know, we're back to 1985, Marty. And uh, the future has not been written for these players. You don't know what's going to happen. We didn't know that Achilles Smith was going to tear an ACL and never be anything in the NFL. We thought he's going to be a great quarterback. Uh, you know, you could go on forever with so many different players. Kajana Carter, well, he was going to be the next star in those poor Cincinnati Bengals. They've been through hell. They're going to be getting a new named running back here. We'll talk about that right about now here in just a second. Uh, obviously, the Vikings making very interesting move to start things out. Um, what was I going to go with? It's more of... The fact that this show is going to be two segments. Yes, we'll do the draft review and then fan interaction. That's what I was going to start off with. So there it is. Of course, Garrett Bull, Garrett Bowles, yeah, he was the first offensive lineman taken, but Miles Garrett, <laughs> taken number one overall by the Cleveland Browns or, or whatever you want to call them. The Cleveland Barons, right? No, I'm just kidding. They just might fold like the Cleveland Barons, the NHL team years ago, but that's a long story for Brave the Wild. Then the Chicago Bears trade up one spot, one bleeping spot to get Mitchell... Chibuski, um, Trubisky, that is, out of North Carolina. All right, well, there's your quarterback of the future. No doubt about it, if you're going to trade up and get the number two overall pick with the San Francisco 49ers, who definitely went defense in this draft, they eventually got a quarterback later on. Leonard Fournette, as the (laughs) Jacksonville Jaguars constantly looking to improve the running game, constantly looking to get a quarterback, constantly looking to get this, constantly looking to get that. They've had some nice defensive players drafted over the past couple of years, but now there you go. Guys, I mean, he's, he's looked on as the number one running back in the draft, but certainly not a, a sure thing. Another major notable is Mr. <clears throat> Christian McCaffrey going to the Carolina Panthers eighth overall. That's really damn high, and like I said on the last show, he's like a, he's like a stock on the verge of you know, just exploding. You know, there's these things called Bollinger Bands, and when a stock is about to get very volatile, the bands go straight up. I mean, one band goes straight up and one band goes straight down because anything could happen. I mean, the Bollinger Bands are the area where the stock more than likely is going to bounce up, bounce or crash, and that's what's going to happen with uh, Christian McCaffrey. He's either going to go on to be a superstar in this league or he's going to be a colossal bust. Uh, I would lean towards the positive with Christian McCaffrey, but it's certainly not a guarantee. I mean, he could be so damn good, but you just never know. Obviously, he's very intelligent, extremely high IQ on that field, uh, very talented. He's basically a hybrid. He's, he's like a receiver running back. And yes, that's kind of a trend in the NFL, but we're looking at receiving running back, not receiver running back. 
That's kind of what's going on there. Pat Mahomes, another massive notable. Patrick Mahomes, because he's the son of his former Twins pitcher and Texas Rangers, all that. Pat Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, the Kansas City Chiefs trade way up to get him from 23 to 10. Huge move there. So there's your quarterback of the future for the Chiefs. But you have Alex Smith still there to be the uh, current starter slash bridge quarterback. Alex Smith, you know, number one overall years ago by the 49ers, still kind of waiting on his heyday, right? (laughs) Deshaun Watson, Houston Texans end up getting him. Well, we'll see what happens at that one. Very hopeful. A lot of people see him as the best quarterback in the draft. We'll see. It's it's all just... uh, you know, again, you never know what's really going to happen to these guys, but could be a great move for the Texans. They needed to go in that direction. Obviously, no Tony Romo heading that, heading over there. Garrett Bowles, the first offensive lineman taken, the offensive tackle going to the Denver Broncos. Oh, goody. Another meat and potatoes stud going to the Broncos. Jabril Peppers, a debated figure who a lot of people like coming into the uh, draft. Jabril Peppers on his way to... Cleveland. So there you go. You get Miles Garrett, Jabril Peppers, Cleveland Browns. That is Vince Germano's club. Looking, I, th- I think they had a hell of a draft, honestly. And yes, it's easy to have a hell of a draft when you have the number overall pick, but then you make other moves along the way and you make some pretty good possible acquisitions here in this draft. Uh, Garon Conley under investigation. He was taking a pick before by the Oaktown Raiders, Ohio State. And that's a, that's a uh, team we're going to be talking about very shortly. Blah, 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 blah. Ryan Ramchick, that's the last really important one. Offensive tackle going to the Aints. The New Orleans Saints to block for Adrian Peterson. So, yes, Adrian Peterson is off to the New Orleans Saints. He That was not discussed on the last show because it's been about a... Hmm, yeah, it has been about a month already. What the heck, man? Time flies. But, yeah, Ryan Ramchick, the Wisconsin Badgers offensive tackle, off to the Saints. Would have been nice in a Viking uniform, but probably have to trade up too high. So the Vikings will get, can get busy in the second round instead. But you notice Cam Robinson was never taken. Guys like that, uh, Forrest Lamp, never taken. Oh my God, I'm so excited. But they're going to go right away. Watch Cam Robinson's going to go to the uh, Green Bay Crackers or this running back that I didn't even mention on the last show because I thought he was going to go 15th overall or 17th overall, you know, wherever. Like, they was talking about him going to the Buccaneers. This certain running back from Florida State, never heard of him. No, I didn't talk about him because I didn't think he was going to be anywhere near the Vikings. I didn't think he was going to be on our radar because I thought he was going to go higher. So a lot of people are like, oh, Green Bay's going to take this guy, this guy, this, you know, his initials are DC, but instead they go with KK, Kevin King, cornerback out of Washington. So good luck to the Packers there. Number one pick in the second round, Cam Cameron Robinson off to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And yeah, Leonard Fournette, Cam Robinson, can't beat it. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good way to start your your, your draft out for the Jaguars. Now it's time to start winning some freaking football games, Jacksonville. My God, they haven't been good for shucks. I, I don't know how many years. Let's see, 1999. They went all the way to the uh, conference final over there, the <laughs> the uh, AFC Championship game, and ever since then. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, <laughs> it's not been too good for the Jaguars. They've been pretty invisible. Again, who's this running back we've been talking about? I, I don't know. I don't know. He's just some guy. Ah, whatever. Well, a couple picks later, all of a sudden you hear news. Bada bing, bada boom. The Vikings trade up for the, for the 45th, 41st pick in the draft of the Cincinnati Bengals. Something's going on here. So the two linemen that I really wanted, the two tackles. Well, okay, excuse me. Here's the other pick that was devastating, but you knew it was going to happen. Forrest Lamb gone to the Chargers, Los Angeles Chargers. Damn it. And Buda Baker, a lot of people like him too. 
just all these guys that slipped into that second round, or, you know, some of them, maybe they'll go to the end of the first, maybe they'll be there in the, in the second round, who knows, but Buda Baker off to the, uh, I love that name, that's cool, off to <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals, though, I think also had a really good draft, uh, I'll mention now, too, so I don't forget, TJ Logan, man, I wanted him so bad, special teams ace, but the Vikings may have gotten that guy, we'll talk about him in the fifth round again, special teams ace, that's where I was hoping to get Logan, but he ended up going to Arizona as well, congratulations to the Cardinals, knows and at least getting booted baker tj logan is going to be a nice quirky special teams ace at the running back position but of course you're going to get trick plays more or less out of him as well that can be really helpful forest lamp obviously again offensive guard one of the best well probably the best guard in this draft going to the charges and then again the vikings trade with cincinnati or cincy as most people like to call him and there he goes. There's the there's there's the running back. So I guess the Vikings are taking a running back because none of the ace uh, linemen are, are available at this point. But uh, well, then again, we never thought they were going to be there anyway. There's no Dan Feeney taken here. Or any others we'll talk about in a second. The Vikings take Dalvin Cook out of Florida State. Well, all right then. Um, interesting. And they only had to give up a fourth round pick to get there. I figure that's, that's not bad. Uh, and then Cincinnati turns around and takes the other guy. You know, the other guy that was, uh, there's a little bit of debate on him off the field, Joe Mixon. So Joe Mixon, Oklahoma does go 48th overall. He went 48th overall. A lot of people are wondering, is, is he going to be there and will he go 48th overall? He did, but not to the Vikings. He went to Cincinnati. Uh, I don't think, I don't think that's the best organization for Joe Mixon. Um, I'm sorry to say, and before I get back to Delvin Cook, that's the feature presentation of the show, pretty honestly along with the uh, linemen we take later. Uh, Joe Mixon, going to Cincinnati, that team with that poor temperament, I I, I don't know. I I just don't think it's the best organization for him to go to, but, uh, well, he may have a hell of a career, and he's still got Andy Dalton, so, all right. Good luck to Joe Mixon. It may work out great, it may not, but Cincinnati, historically, I don't know, kind of all over the place, Just, just a mess, you know. They haven't won a playoff game since 1988, and I'm going to keep saying that until they do. So let's get back to where we need to go. Delvin Cook to the Minnesota Vikings. Well, all right. Again, like I said, I thought he was going to go in the teens. He winds up slipping at least down to 41. Might have gone even higher. Of course, off the field possibilities. And he had some arrests that were unproven, so to speak, or un, you know, they didn't officially turn into like he wasn't convicted of anything, that type of deal. Rick Spielman talked about that extensively. He talked with Delvin on the phone for 45 minutes at some point before the draft during this past week. Um, he's a believer. Uh, Rick Spielman is a believer in Delvin Cook. Uh, Mike Zimmer is a believer in Delvin Cook. So despite getting Latavius Murray, who can receive, he can block, and he can get forward, which is good, and short yardage, but maybe that's what he's going to be, is a very good Matt Asayata type of guy. Some people even talking about you'd only take a cap hit of $1.1 million if you cut uh, Latavius Murray after this year. I hope we didn't take assign Latavius Murray just to cut him right away. That, that's kind of sad. I, I like the guy. I have a soft spot for him. I, I, I like the way he talks, the way he thinks, and I like the way he plays too. I mean, he can get in the end zone. Isn't that the object of the game? But uh, Delvin Cook, this guy can do it all. I mean, he can do it all. He can even block as well. But yes, he's looked on as a three-down running back. Of course, the blocking is the weakest point because he's not the biggest guy in the world at five foot ten. But his skill level is. Incredible. Uh, the guy makes people miss. Bottom line, he makes people miss, and he's not scared. He's not scared to go up the middle 
But he's also, you know, he's not the next Barry Sanders or anything, unless, who knows, but he, he, he goes forward a little quicker than, say, a Barry Sanders might. But he makes little nifty moves. You, you almost don't see them. They're like, they're almost invisible. And that's why guys missed him, because he just makes the slightest little move that causes guys to miss. And then there he goes, bada bing, bada boom, it's a home run. And he's down the field all the way, or whatever it is, 38 yards down the field. Finally, somebody catches up with him for whatever reason. And, man, uh, Delvin Cook definitely has a very bright future in this league if he can, A, stay out of trouble, and, B, stay healthy. Just like Adrian Peterson, the uh, starting running back before him, until he got injured 17 times or whatever off-field stuff at the end of his run here, Adrian Peterson. Uh, Shoulder injuries or shoulder issues during his collegiate career, but again, an outstanding, outstanding career for Florida State. The best running back in the history of Florida State. The next best guy was Warwick Dunn, and he had a pretty good career, and he was multifaceted, a receiving running back, and Delvin Cook gives you a receiving running back. He can go downfield. He can even go wide down the field and make big catches, big plays. He can be, again, like they say, a three-down back. So Delvin Cook has the chance to be the most viable player in the Vikings offense. Yes, big statement there, but, you know, he, just like uh, you'll hear from Jared Spring later, he has a little bit of that Percy Harvin in him, and I'm not comparing him to Percy Harvin. I don't even like the guy, Percy Harvin, but at the same time, Percy Harvin, in terms of he's going to have the ball a lot. That's the role I'm talking about where, see, Delvin Cook obviously will be the main running back, but you're going to get him in short yardage situations, and you're going to get him down the field a bit. I think Delvin Cook is actually a little bit better down the field, where it's not just up the middle with Percy Harvin. I mean, you had to throw in the middle of the field if you're going to throw deep or to the side, because Percy, was just he just didn't have a, a vertical-style game to play on the outside. It just didn't work. Where Delvin Cook occasionally can do that. Um, oftentimes, it's like play-action type plays where you're thinking Delvin Cook is uh, you know, going to run. So the next thing you know, he's just down the field and, and nobody's on him. But still, he makes the play and that's what counts. And um, he can also make plays in traffic. So awesome to have Delvin Cook in the fold. He is gonna be, He's going to have the ball more than anybody on the Vikings offense. That's what I'm getting to when I'm saying he might be the he'll very possible he will be the most valuable player in the Vikings offense. And the good part is you still have Stefan Diggs who hopefully can stay healthy and have a great couple of or several more seasons in this league. Uh you have another guy again, Adam Thielen, who is as valuable as it gets. He was arguably the most valuable player on the offensive side of the ball last year. In fact I would deem him as the most valuable player on the offense last year, Adam Thielen. And then the overall MVP for me was Daniel Hunter because he made so many game-changing plays throughout the way. But uh, at the at the moment, at the moment of the trade, I was like, "Oh no, man!" But then it's like, "Okay, yes, he's supposed he was supposed to go much higher." You saw his his ability, his talents, multi-talented home run talent, all, all that. Okay, I'm saying that word way too many times, but damn it, no offensive lineman. And yes, you had gotten through the first tier once. Mr. Forrest Lamp was taken. That's the end of the first tier. You know, Ramsiak, all those guys gone, right? But you got Ethan Posich. Everybody loves him. He's a center slash guard because everybody just about can play center or guard. The only guy <clears throat> who was more who was one dimensional is Dan Feeney. He's just a guard. He can't play center or tackle. A lot of guys can play multiple positions. Like the centers can always play guard, and sometimes the guards can play all three, or they can play tackle. It's kind of a back and forth. Like tackles can play guard, that type of thing. Not only do you want depth on the offensive line, not only do you want <clears throat> talent on the offensive line, but you'd like versatility 
as well. But there goes Ethan Postage to the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, that sucks. Deion Dawkins, a guy everybody had been talking about for the longest time, going 48 to the Vikings. Well, of course, he slips way down to the bottom of the second round, but still is gone. Vikings unable to trade up for him and probably unwilling to at the time. That's probably a little too expensive. Deion Dawkins to the Buffalo Sabres. No, Buffalo Bills. And then uh, Taylor Moten. Taylor Moten out of Western Michigan. The bottom of the second round. A tiny bit high, but hey, he's going to be good. Uh, I believe P.J. Fleck when he talks about Taylor Moten. And uh, Taylor Moten rolled his boot, has rowed his boat into... <laughs> Carolina, North Carolina, to help out Cam Newton. And boy, do they need an offensive line to help him out. And they got a motor moton over there out of Western Michigan. So congratulations there. But there goes that second second tier. But wait, I forgot one guy. That's right. Thank God there was one left. One left. But I didn't, I just wasn't, wasn't, I was just sitting there hoping. And yes, Dan Feeney was still there. Pardon me. Dan Feeney was still hanging around. But will he still be there when the Vikings pick? Oh, we traded up again, and there he goes. Pat Elfline, Ohio State. Of course, he played most of his career at right guard for Ohio State. Moved over to center last year as a senior and was outstanding. He, in fact, was looked on as the best center in the national football, or excuse me, the NCAAs last year. And there he goes. I'm a little too excited. I apologize. But Pat Elfline, there he goes, sixth overall in the in the uh, third round coming to the Minnesota Vikings, so thank God. And yes, Dan Feeney, not as versatile as Pat Elfline. Dan Feeney out of Indiana. I figured he was going to go 48th, so I'm glad the Vikings went the direction they did. You might have wound up with Feeney anyway, but again, Pat Elfline arguably better than Feeney. Some people saw him going earlier, but I guess a lot of people going after those running backs and, and ride receivers like crazy throughout this draft. In fact, another guy, I can't believe how high he went, but at the same time, I can because I loved him. He went two picks after Pat Elfline. Talk about him in a, in a second. A lot of people liked Elvin Kamara. He went to the New Orleans Saints. Oh, my God. Now they have three running backs. What are you doing there? What are you doing there? What are you doing there, New Orleans? Okay. <laughs> okay, now they have three running backs. <laughs> Elvin Kamara is going to the Saints. I didn't even realize. It didn't even. I didn't even put two and two together there. That's funny. <laughs> okay, I guess you have a lot of faith in Adrian Peterson and and the uh, you know the, the main guy there in New Orleans. But well, okay, you know the the Vikings have three running backs too. You got again Alvin. Uh, you got Dalvin Cook, and then you bring in Latavius Murray. There's your Thunder Lightning deal. But really, Thunder Lightning are Murray and the uh, and uh, McKinnon. But then you also, again, bring in the overall talent in Dalvin Cook. And you have Pat Elfline to help block. So now the offensive line is starting to take shape. It's starting, the, the picture, the big picture of the offensive line is starting to show up, which is exciting. Of course, again, we'll go and review. You got Riley Reef at the left tackle from Detroit. You got Alex Boone, left guard, San Francisco, of course, former San Francisco to Minnesota, duh. Pat Elfline, officially from the horse's mouth, that being Mike Zimmer, will be the center for the Vikings, which means Joe Berger will be moving over to the right guard, and then Mike Michael Remmers out of Carolina slash Minnesota at one point, right tackle. So there's the offensive line. Um, there it is. It's not bad, and if guys can stay healthy, you have a chance here. Uh, Riley Reef should be the main guy at my, uh, ultimately, but I've got a really good feeling about Pat Elfline, he's got that nastiness to him. He's got the, it's more of a competitive arrogance. I wouldn't call him cocky, 
it's a competitive arrogance. Like, I got this. Yeah, I'm going to kick your ass. That type of thing. And I like that. And, of course, he was a wrestler in high school. And he was an excellent wrestler. And Mike Zimmer loves those guys because he was the same type of person in school many years ago. In his days in Illinois, uh, Mike Zimmer, a wrestler. Of course, others along the way <laughs> became that. Another, uh, our next draft pick along the way as well was a wrestler in high school. He's coming out of Iowa. We'll talk about him in a moment. But uh, again, Dan Feeney out of Indiana going one pick afterwards to the Chargers. I think they had a good draft too. Tennessee Titans adding a awesome weapon to go with uh, Marcus Mariota. And I really like the skill set that Mariota brought to the Titans last year. And they were very much in the picture. They even made the playoffs. I couldn't believe it. But now Taewon Taylor, I got. I, I thought he was going to slip to us much later in the draft. I, <laughs> but you know what? Everybody else saw what I saw, and you know, and these guys are paid a lot of bucks to make these decisions. And Tennessee, I think, got a, got an excellent wide receiver there in the third round. Taewon Taylor, that guy has a skill set that is just outstanding. And the Vikings, apparently, as they went wide receiver in the draft later on. Not looking for that type of wide receiver in this draft, like a overall, you know, number one type receiver, wide a wide out, an ultra talent who can get touchdowns. But he's looking at a different type of guy here. We'll talk about the next group here in a second. But that's the approach as we get through round three. Now we get into round four. As the Vikings, this is one of the trades the Vikings wind up with a number two pick here. Along <laughs> the way, Jaleel Johnson, defensive tackle out of Iowa. Not really a run stuffer, but more of a pass rushing defensive tackle. Seven and a half sacks last year for Jaleel Johnson. I mean, he can run stuff. He can be coached into that and everything. But he is, at this stage, a overall nose tackle. They continue to talk about the three technique. And he just, again, spells Mike Zimmer. Rotational defensive tackle. You're always going to want help in there. Of course, with a, with a, Mr. Uh, Sharif Lloyd being out until maybe forever with the nerve issue going on in his legs. Uh, Tom Johnson has been an outstanding fill-in along the way. Toby Johnson as well was very helpful last year. Those two guys, the Johnson and Johnson brothers, their uh, defensive tackle definitely helping out in Sharif Floyd's stead. As Sharif Floyd's always hurt, and it's extremely frustrating as they can help out uh, Linval Joseph in there. As Linval's the best run stuffer maybe in the NFL. Uh, even uh, Shamar Stefan has been outstanding as well during the course of time or when he gets in there during the rotations. Again, if you're going to be the number two defensive lineman, if if you're a number two guy, you're still going to get in there. And heck, a number two guy was the most valuable player of the team last year behind Brian Robinson, and that was Daniil Hunter. So you're going to get you're going to get snaps out there. Dayton Jones is going to be the other number two defensive end again signed from the Green Bay Packers, of course. Behind uh, Everson Griffin, who was the top guy out there, right uh, right defensive end. But uh, J- Jaleel Johnson, again, more of a pass rush type of guy. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, John Randall was a defensive tackle before he moved to end later on in his career. And he racked up those sacks like he wouldn't believe. So Jaleel Johnson, look for, <laughs> look for him to make an impact with this team. Not only now, but long term for this club. Uh, then the Vikings finally take a inside linebacker, Ben Gideon, out of Michigan later on in that fourth round. He's got some talent, obviously. He's more of a he, he's a meat and potatoes, get in to the backfield type of guy. And again, he'll be a rotational linebacker. He's certainly not going to be 
a three-down guy. He's a two-down linebacker. He won't be in the nickel packages. You already have Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr. Those are the main guys. So it is what it is there. Those two stars out of UCLA. Of course, you're hoping to see a little bit better production out of Anthony Barr this season. But Ben Gideon out of Michigan definitely is going to start things off with special teams and go from there. You made a really nice draft pick last year. In fact, he was the best pick in last year's draft in the fifth round of Control Brothers. Look for him again to be out there probably more often than Ben Gideon early on. And, you know, in-team competition between those guys can only be better things along the way. Both of those both of those uh, characters will probably be on special teams at least at the beginning of the season, if not most of the year. But then, of course, they will see snaps along the way as well. Looking at other notables in that fourth round, don't see anybody that, I, that was jumping out at me except for Garcia who ended up going to the Patriots along the way. I can't remember exactly. I, just, I had it, but ah, we'll move on. <laughs> it may have been earlier, but yeah, we'll move on. Garcia was another uh, offensive lineman, that player uh, that a lot of us were looking at. Jake Butt, that's a player that uh, some people know out of Michigan as well. Tight end going over to the Broncos. Some people may even hope the Vikings would take him. <clears throat> as you knew, the Vikings were going to look at a running back along the way. We're in the fifth round now, of course. And my favorite guy, Brian Hill, is going to the Atlanta Falcons, the 12th pick. In the fifth round, Brian Hill on his way to Atlanta. So good luck to him. I hope he has a wonderful career. I would have loved to have him on the purple, but it is what it is. I mean, once you took Cook, that's pretty much all she wrote. Isaac Asiata, the younger brother of Matt Asiata, offensive guard. Wouldn't have minded him here with Minnesota, but off he goes to the Miami Dolphins. Congratulations and good luck to him. Uh, and then there it is, fifth pick. Intriguing, intriguing pick here by the Vikings. Rodney Adams out of South Florida. <clears throat> now you saw Dalvin Cook just crush the South, uh, South Florida <laughs> in a lot of his highlights. Just crushed through that team, and that's where you're thinking, okay, it's just some small thing, you know, some small-time school who's not really much to brag about or, or anything. But then you start seeing what kind of things Rodney Adams can do. Regardless if it's small schools he's playing against or not, <laughs> or schools that aren't very successful. Maybe they're like a big school, but they're not successful in f- the football program. And it's like, okay, you're starting to get the vision here. Now, he clearly he clearly is being brought in to be the replacement for Cordero Patterson. And it's not just special teams, but absolutely special teams as well. Um, I'll start off with the special team side of it. When, when he's in the open field... He can explode. I mean, you see him with the quick jukes and the quick moves out there when they're doing the reverses and such over there in South Florida. You saw the quickness, but you didn't see the explosiveness necessarily. But on kickoff returns, not punt returns, but kickoff returns, kick returns, Rodney Adams just explodes. Uh, He has that extra gear, and that's where I think Rodney Adams is a is the favorite to be the uh, kick returner this season and beyond. Um, But again, now we go back to the whole vision here with Rodney Adams being in the Vikings offense. Not only being brought in to be a special teams ace, like I think uh, TJ Logan could be, but Rodney Adams actually might bring more to this club long term. Because again, you get the Cordero Patterson side, the reverse plays, the trick plays, the short plays, uh, and such. He adds more to the offense in that side of things. He'll be like a third, fourth guy out there. Again, third or fourth, it doesn't matter as long as he's in there and you can you can do these plays with him or use him as a decoy for something else. Maybe just a simple handoff to 
to Cook, to Delvin Cook or Latavius Murray, maybe near the end zone, who knows. Or you're looking for a deeper pass to Adam Thielen or Stefan Diggs down the field. Or maybe Jerry is right. Uh, Rodney Adams will definitely be on this club long term unless something crazy happens and Knock on wood, wherever that is, that nothing bad does happen. Uh, but Rodney Adams definitely looks to looks like he's going to have a pretty nice career in this league. Again, um, special type of plays, maybe even in a wildcat. Who who knows what's going to happen with this guy? But again, reverse plays, kind of Percy Harvin type of stuff here and there. But he's also got the quickness and the explosiveness to be an outstanding uh, special teams guy. And there's another player taken later in the draft that. Uh, could also be a special teams player, especially particularly on the kickoff, not kick or not punt return, but kickoff because he's a straight line guy. Rodney Adams is a little more shifty, in fact, a lot more shifty than uh, Coley was taken tops in the seventh round later on. Nathan Peterman out of Pittsburgh taken immediately after Rodney Adams. A lot of people kind of wouldn't have minded him coming to the Vikings as a developmental quarterback, but I guess you kind of already have four quarterbacks on the roster because you got Case Keenum, baby. Yeah, there he is. Case Keenum from the Los Angeles Rams. Of course, Bradford's the main starter at the moment. Taylor Heineke out of Iowa, third guy. And Teddy Bridgewater is basically on what you would call the pup list at the moment, physically unable to perform. Later on, 37th pick in the fifth round, the Vikings select Danny Isidora, Isidora out of Miami. And you're going to hear a couple of hurricanes taken, but there he is. Uh, there's your... There's another guard. Some people even talking about he will be a starting guard in this league long term. Again, at this point in the draft, you don't know, but uh, hopefully, hopefully he'll he'll at least be a depth guy for the moment. And on a, on a line that's not all that deep, welcome aboard, Danny Isadora. We'll we'll take you in a heartbeat. A lot of people do see him. Actually, a lot of the experts out there see him as being a a, a starting guard in this league, right guard or whatever long-term. Possibly he will be right guard as Pat Elfine will be the starting center, and then Joe Berger may be done very soon. Uh, TJ Logan was taken right before Mr. Isidoro, or should I just call him Danny, out of Miami. TJ Logan off to the Arizona Cardinals. (laughs) Love him. Love you, TJ Logan, but I suppose the Vikings had already taken uh, Mr. Adams there, Rodney Adams of the South Florida. Kind of cool green uniforms there for that club. And there it is. Oh, the Packers took a running back. Aaron Jones out of Texas, El Paso. <laughs> At the very bottom of that fifth round there. <laughs> Vikings never took a safety still to this point, which a lot of people kind of scratched their heads a little bit. Only one linebacker. Chase Ruler was taken 15th overall going to the Washington Redskins. That's another Wyoming player, a center. I wouldn't have minded him at one point, but you did get Pat Elfline. And this is an intriguing pick. 17th overall in the sixth round. Bucky Hodges out of Virginia tight end. This guy is a well. He's a physical freak. Six foot six, about two fifty six. Uh, a monster. He's big and strong, but at the same time, he's lanky, and he's explosive. He's athletic, son of a biscuit. <laughs> he's certainly got some developing to do. In fact, he was actually a quarterback in the past. Again, out of Virginia Tech, is Bucky Hodges, uh, but an athletic phenom type of player. Going all the way down to the sixth round, of course, because of lack of development at this stage. Kind of a late bloomer type of thing at the tight end position. Again, playing a different position most of his life. And there he is at tight end. And, hmm, this could be a very interesting move here by the Minnesota Vikings. Definitely a receiving tight end. Not a blocking tight end, but could develop into one over the course of time. Because you're always going to have to block at some point. Even if you're a receiver, you're going to have to block at some point. But tight ends, yeah, I mean, that's part of the job. 
but Bucky Hodges definitely has that explosive ability down the field. He can catch. He he drops passes, but so does Kyle Rudolph, as Rudolph the red nosed tight end. I mean, he he if Rudolph could hang on to more of those catchable passes down the field, like they're not easy necessarily. Like nothing's easy in the NFL, but. If he could hang on to some of those play plays that I still feel are very catchable, Rudolph would be a 10-year pro bowler, and that's what's separating him from that top-tier tight end in the league. If he could just hang on to some bleeping passes, still kind of the case with Bucky Hodges, but who knows, maybe he will develop into something along the way. Definitely going to be a help, though, as a lot of teams, particularly in a West Coast-style offense, which Pat Shermer is bringing to this club, quick passes and quick uh, quick uh, overall getting rid of the football, <clears throat> which Sam Bradford is good at when he was supposed to be in Philadelphia. <laughs> Not so much here yet. Um, but yeah, it's good to have two tight ends on occasion out there. Rudolph and Hodges would be very interesting on some sets. Probably not too many, but on occasion, Bucky Hodges is definitely a guy that can get you in the end zone, maybe 20 yards away in that red zone. And that's what Hodges brings to this club. You can get down the field pretty quickly when when he is called upon, and there he goes. <laughs> the Vikings... Uh, may have a touchdown threat in Bucky Hodges in that sixth round. Pretty cool. So, after all the trades, the Vikings have four bleeping picks in the, <laughs> in the seventh round. Okay, four picks in the seventh round. Yeah, so Stacy Coley, Miami Hurricanes coming to Minnesota. Raw doesn't, you know, a lot of people feel he doesn't really show much love for the game. But when he's out there and when he does play hard, he's got some insane speed, just just blazing. He he's a jet out there, and again, not gonna certainly not somebody you'd look at as a star wide receiver for this club. But he's got that athleticism, that track star speed. He would be a wonderful kick returner for this club because you, maybe you don't want to have just one guy all the time, and of course people get hurt too. So Stacy Coley. Definitely a very intriguing pick. He is a slot corner. He may end up having to compete with Jerry is right to even be on the team, who possibly. But again, the number one pick in the seventh round. I'd at least like to keep him on this club. Jerry is right again. Hopefully he can stick stick around. Um, he had very limited action on special teams to Jerry a couple of years ago. And, you know, he had some moments, but not a whole lot. Uh, Stacy Coley, I can definitely see as a blazer in kick returning. He might even be a gunner out there at some point, even though he's a smaller guy. He, if, if he, you know, if he wants to make this team and he wants to be something, maybe that's what he could become at some point. But certainly not early on, I suppose. He'll be one of the. He'll definitely be in special teams to start things out, or even he might even have to slip into the practice squad, depending on how comfortable the Vikings feel doing that, because then then you go on waivers. But I pray to God that won't be the case. Uh, Stacy Coley, capable of making pretty big plays, but again, very raw. Uh, Kind of a, just more simple, more more of a simple style, pretty much in Miami with him. Now, it's not that Miami's simple, it's just that he is. Uh, he, he doesn't do any, like, major routes, or he doesn't do anything spectacular. It's more of just going down the field and catching the ball, and that's about it. Pretty simple to, uh, plays you're seeing out of Stacey Coley. But again, that blazing speed, once he can turn the Jets, he can really fly down that field, and that's what he brings at six foot. Uh, Stacy Coley out of Miami, six foot one ninety five. Uh, Adams is six one one eighty nine. So even smaller, uh, thinner guy, but definitely again has a, a bright future in this league. Just hit those weights a little bit, Adams, but not too much. Now don't get too heavy. <laughs> like he's take another defensive lineman. Defensive lineman. Well, I suppose can play both out of North Northwestern. I can't even say his name, but <laughs> oh, Oden. Odenigbo, Odenigbo, I believe is how you say it, out of Northwestern. Again, 
special teams. Special teams will start things out and go from there. I, I can't say a whole lot more at that stage. Uh, Elijah Lee, special teams again, linebacker, Kansas State. He's got a little bit of nasty to him, which is nice. But at the same time, again, a seventh-round linebacker, what do I say on this show and what have I been saying for the last nine years? As April 2008 was the first episode of Purple Mafia when the Vikings traded for Jared Allen. In fact, that's the last time we didn't have a first-round pick. Crazy. Nine years ago, what, what, what did I say about linebackers and other guys taking in that seventh round? Special teams and go from there. Maybe even practice squad. Uh, and then Jack Tocho. Jack, Jack Tocho was the Mr. Irrelevant for the Minnesota Vikings. So if anybody picked him on that Mackey and Judge show, there was a contest. Wow. I mean, you're winning the lottery there because how how the hell could you know? How could you know? But Jack Tocho, there's your, uh, there's your defensive back. It took, like, <laughs> how many picks did it take to get here? Uh, 245. Wow. So there he is. There's your defensive back. He was a cornerback with North... Carolina State, but he will be a safety, again from the horse's mouth, that being Mike Zimmer, just like he mentioned, Pat Elfline, will be the center for the Minnesota Vikings. Mr. Jack Tocho will be a safety with the Vikings, and we go from there. So it's going to be interesting to see how things develop with him. Of course, he'll start off with special teams like everybody else, or maybe even practice squad, but Jack Tocho, I mean, you needed some type of defensive back. The Vikings signed absolutely nobody, and they they waited 245 picks to take a defensive back in this draft. Andrew Sandejo, still the strong safety with the club. Jaron Curse, the backup. And Jaron Curse, not that bad. Anthony Harris, he had some good moments when Harrison Smith was injured a couple years ago. And then last year, not so much. Antoine Exum still hasn't been very good. And again, Harrison Smith's the main guy, so he's looked on as one of the best safeties in all of football, if not number one overall. Again, Xavier Rhodes is the, is the right cornerback. Uh, Mackenzie Alexander, well, I guess he's the nickelback at this stage. He's the slot corner. Uh, Terrence Newman comes back as the left cornerback. Slotted as the starter at the moment. Trey Waynes, get your ass to work. Come on. Come on, Trey Waynes. Uh, definitely some depth there at that left cornerback. Trey Waynes, even Marcus Sherrills is adequate on occasion. And Jabari Price is okay. You know, guys like that. So you have pieces. You have players. And it could be mostly because, well, the Vikings have taken so many defensive backs the past three years or so since Mike Zimmer has taken over this club that maybe it just didn't get too aggressive in that this time around. <laughs> and that's where things stand at this stage with the defensive back situation, though. Bringing in a, another safety, well, you finally did. It took forever, but you finally did. So Jack Tocho, go get him. <laughs> go get him, Jack Tocho, at this stage. <laughs> uh, there it is. Um... We're going to have a uh, punter competition coming in. Ryan Quigley, definitely the favorite. Going against Taylor Simank. Simank. Uh, he came from San Francisco at one point. Ryan Quigley, same type of situation there. Kai Forbath along the way. Again, he will be the main kicker more than likely, but Marshall Cohen will have something to say about that. But I think Kai Forbath will be the favorite coming back. Like him very much. Uh, and that's about it at this stage. They list Marcus Sherrills as the punt returner and kickoff returner, but it's, uh, I will pencil in, pencil in, not quite magic marker yet, Mr. Ryan, um, Mr. Adams as the Vikings, uh, <laughs> special teams ace, uh, on the, uh, on the kick returns anyway, and Marcus Sherrill's definitely the, uh, punt returner as he's been an extraordinary at that position for so long now, uh, definitely a shifty guy, certainly not explosive, Mostly he makes fair catches, but hey, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. At least he doesn't fumble the ball away. And when he does go, it's time to watch out. <laughs> Ultimately, Rodney Adams. I just called him Ryan Adams. But yeah, Rodney Adams will be 
the kick returner, in my humble opinion. And, of course, definitely a good chance for Stacy Coley out of Miami. So there it is. There it is. There's your draft. It was fun to talk about, fun to look at, fun to discuss. Pieces are in place, kind of. Well, the pieces are more in place than they were last year. Um, I guess. Uh, TJ Clemmings, I got to think, will be the backup right tackle, not the backup left tackle. Jeremiah Searles is looked on as a as the right guard at the moment. He'll be back. He'll be looked on as the backup right tackle or whatever. So at least Searles can play multiple uh, positions there. That's pretty much you're expected to at times. Zach Curran, a backup center and backup guard as well. Oh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Hopefully this works out. Just <laughs> <laughs> fold your hands and pray at this stage but uh, it's going to be fun to watch Delvin Cook definitely the highlight but Pat Elfline as well definitely going to be a mainstay for this club for many 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 years to come out of the Ohio State so with that we'll take a quick break and we'll come back with some fan interaction to hear from you guys We are back here on Purple Mafia Fan Interaction Segment. was hoping to get maybe some audio from somebody out there, but uh, it's okay. Uh, whenever you want, those of you out there that want to call in or <laughs> send an audio submission about the draft, more than welcome to do so. It's wide open. The door is open pretty much the whole offseason for that, so not going to stop anybody from doing that. I'll get to that information on how to do that later on for those of you out there that maybe that uh, haven't done it before. Uh, but first, let's get to the Twitter account, at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show. Please follow that if you could. Would appreciate it and interact with me on there. I want to thank Malcolm and Tanae Brown for retweeting the show, the previous show. Thank you very much for that. Uh, a couple others. I don't know why the feed gets so busy with all this other stuff. It's unrelated to the show. It kind of drives me crazy. Here we go. Mad Martin. There we go. Mad Martin. Gold Star winner for 2015 out of Northern Scotland. He says, booked my tickets for the London game. Sorry. Uh, sorry, have not been in contact, but the family has taken up a lot of my time. Hope you're good. And I hope you're good as well, Mad Martin, and really appreciate you very much. And you're always welcome to send an audio submission, talk about the draft or off season or, or, or whatever. Just uh, a school Vikings or whatever it is. Uh, always welcome. Love what Mad Martin brings to this show, Mad Martin's mad takes. And we'll, we'll hear from Sebastian at some point if he's able to. Uh, I, I know you guys are busy and you got other things going on, so totally understand. But whenever, you know, whenever it's for your free to do so. Uh, Twitter account, pretty quiet. Yep, that's about it for Twitter. Pretty much mostly likes, follows, this and that. So thank you for those of you that have. Definitely appreciate that. Uh, let's get to the Facebook page. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Real quick, I'll give a shout out to MN Vikings Haven. MN Vikings Haven, which is uh, hosted by Trevor Wickerin out there. He's kind enough to allow me to post uh, links to Purple Mafia on there. So thank you again very much, Trevor Wickerin. Um, I don't even know if I mentioned earlier on... <laughs> I'm confused at how I introduced this show. It's, of course, Purple Mafia, available on the thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. I think I said that at the beginning. Now I'm beginning to wonder if I even said it at the beginning of the show. iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist, those are the whole ways to get on. But I suppose if you're listening, you're listening. So, <laughs> there it is. We continue off of the last episode in terms of comments. Mark Carlson says, this is great news. Mark out of Iowa says, looking forward to listening on my Monday. Leland Elberson also 
from Iowa says, Another great show, sir. Thanks for doing the homework on the draft picks. And you're welcome very much, Leland. It's definitely my pleasure. I, You know, it's like you think, like, oh, man, this is, I got to get ready. I got to get this done. And then it's like, well, while, while I'm doing it, I'm like, this is freaking awesome. This is so much fun. So it's like when I'm able to get the time to sit down and do some studying, it's fun. And that's what I was doing on the actual draft picks as well. But the, uh, the uh, you know, the possible draft picks, the prospects. Unfortunately, I swung and missed on pretty much everybody. So in terms of not because, not saying that I analyzed them wrong, it's just that they weren't picked by the Vikings, that's all. So uh, Gerald String out of Nebraska, Gold Star winner 2014. Mark Carlson, 2012, Gold Star winner of the year. Um, Gerald says, finally got to listen over the weekend. Thoroughly enjoyed all the updates. Bummer, we don't have a first rounder this year, but we but we have bombed a few of those lately. Anyhow, and sounds like plenty of great talent in the later rounds. will be fun. And yeah, the experts are calling our day three uh, uh, A, like in our grade, in our overall grade, a B. So, hmm, interesting. And of course, you didn't have a day one, so <clears throat> day one is prime time, round number one, all that good stuff. I think Cleveland will get an A+. Plus. I mean, gosh, Garrett Miles, and then of course, uh, excuse me, Miles Garrett. I'm losing my mind. And then uh, Jabril Peppers, the safety there out of Michigan. That's going to be a awesome uh, duo there for the Cleveland Browns. They get a great A for me. But uh, they gave us an A for day three. Okay, I, I hope so. I got to think Rodney Adams had something to do with that. But um, yeah, it, it's going to be very interesting. And of course, you just don't know those seventh rounders. Anything could happen with them. Uh, I was saying Delvin Cook, it is. Pretty surprising he was still there. My overall thoughts are as follows. Definitely a great talent, but still haven't addressed the O-line. See, at that point, I was frustrated and kind of nervous. So please bear with me here as I warmed up to Delvin Cook later on. Uh, I was saying, oh, we absolutely must draft an O-lineman, period, (laughs) in the third round. And I was nervous and this and that. So third round was key, and luckily the Vikings did take, uh, did get, get the job done with that. Uh, let's see what the response are. Yep, Gerald Spring was saying, can we get a few more of these? Yep, he was kind of saying how Mr. Uh, this uh, line was saying how, yep, fumbles and arrests are a bad combination. That's the other thing I need to mention. Again, with <laughs> Delvin Cook, I was so excited about all the skills, but again, he did fumble several times in his career with uh, Florida State. That is the scary part. 13 fumbles in his career with Florida State. And yes, he was arrested a few times, but not convicted, luckily, at this stage. But uh, the fumbles, the fumbles are scary. Uh, we've been through that before many times in the playoffs with Adrian Peterson. And, of course, just in the regular season as well. So hopefully, again, uh, Mr. Uh, Delvin Cook does not turn into a fumble phenom for the Vikings. I pray to God for that. Brett McCarthy out of South Dakota says, lineman, lineman. And I would say fire Spielin. Well, I, I, I probably shouldn't have gone that far, but uh, hopefully, again, Dalvin Cook. That's the one fear is the fumbles. <laughs> Obviously, he's talented, but the fumbling is always a fear with any running back in this league. Remember, Leroy Horde even was a fumble phenom. It's like the Horde giveth and taketh away. <laughs> Dave Vicky out of Iowa says if he bleeps this draft up, he needs to be fired, but I love Zimmer. And if you bring in a new GM, they usually bring in their own coaches, which would not be good, because of course, yeah, then Zimmer might be in trouble. Uh, Gerald String says, wow, couldn't agree more. Keep Zimmer and dump Spielman. He's getting desperate to save his multi-million dollar salary. Oh, interesting comments back and forth from Dave Hickey. Dave Hickey, 2013 the Gold Star of the Year Award winner. You guys are all Hall of Famers. <laughs> and Leland, I believe you got a star this year, if I remember correctly, a star of the year. Leland out of Iowa. You guys are all just the best. Um, I was saying I just got a bad feeling. And Gerald Swing says, me too, old buddy. 
two years ago. I thought we had a chance to play in the Super Bowl this year. Don't see it at all right now, I guess. I hope I'm wrong. And Mark Carlson coming back says, no replacement for Jake Long. <laughs> Brett McCarthy says, we signed two linemen in free agency. Riley Reef and the guy from the Panthers, that being Mike Remmers. Uh, Mark Carlson says, just want Long to join AP. Ooh, boy, over there in... Uh, <laughs> New Orleans. Uh, Brett McCarthy likes the second pick. That's, of course, Pat Elfline out of Ohio State. Cedric Paulding says, I'm satisfied so far with the Vikes. Pat Cedric Paulding, also out of, uh, he's out of Mississippi. Brett McCarthy from South Dakota. Uh, saying, thank God in heaven for the Ohio State. Brett McCarthy was asking if we traded back, and yes, we did several times, but at that point, yes, that was the first of many tradebacks. Dave Hickey says, Slick Rick is at it again, trading up twice for two very good value picks in a position of need, and now he's trading back, and it looks like we're done for the day, and yes, we were. Brett McCarthy saying, hmm. <laughs> Dave Hickey says, I guess we got one more coming tonight, maybe, and no, we didn't. Uh, Leland says, maybe a surprise, maybe, still need some online loving. And we did only get one more. Ali Sidikai saying, loving the picks. Leland says, Pat Elfline, any thoughts on him? And, yep, uh, Gerald String sums it up pretty good here. Just a bit slow, but makes up for it with technique. Yep, IQ and leadership. Yep, very smart, uh, strong, and solid. Yes, uh, the versatility with the guard and center situation. He's more of a modern lineman, where uh, Dan Feeney would be more of a... uh, Old school lineman, where it's just he, he uh, he's a guard, he's a tackle, he's a center, period. And in this case, you get versatility coming in. Dave Hickey wraps up this section, says, I really like Cook, Elfline, and Johnson, Jaleel Johnson of Iowa. <laughs> yep, still got that Iowa connection. Love it. He's a tough, hard worker. And yeah, uh, Jaleel Johnson will definitely see many downs on Sundays, many snaps on Sundays, I think, for many years with the Vikings, hopefully only the Vikings for many years, and it be a valuable, valuable cog for Minnesota. Let's check into visitor posts. Not sure if it's too active since the last show. A little bit, a uh, little bit. Yep, really nice comment there by Mark Carlson. And we'll start off with Ali Sidikai, who was posting Minnesota Vikings' best second-round picks in franchise history, as there were quite a few in there. That was a fun read. I encourage you to check that out. He was saying, looking back at some biggest steals in Vikings history. Yep, there have always there have been many, like Daniel Hunter is a huge one. Brian Robinson in the in the semi-later rounds, and of course, Matt Burke and John Sullivan in the sixth round. I mean, those are some good ones, man. <laughs> uh, Mark Carlson, awesome post here. And again, do check out Ali Sidikai on a blog spot. He, uh, pro football spot, pardon me, pro football spot. Dot com. That's where he is for the Vikings. That writes for the Vikings on there. Uh, Mark Carlson says, off-season, no problem. Purple Mafia archives are open. Yes, and what's taking place here is apparently every single Purple Mafia episode is now available on iTunes, which I remember uh, <clears throat> not that long ago, Felix DePel was looking for... Felix DePel was looking for all the episodes. Well, they're there now. Uh, I forget. I should mention him in that comment. Uh, Felix DePel wanted all the episodes. He's probably noticed by now, but Felix DePel out of Germany, love you. And all the episodes are on Purple Mafia now. I'm not sure if Dylan Richardson did this or if just HipCast did it. Uh, but now every single episode in the history of Purple Mafia is available. Uh, Mark Carlson put up this one called Nope. This was in 2012. Yep, uh, Mark Carlson was saying October 29, 2012. The episode of Purple Mafia titled Nope. Those of you who have been around a while will remember that this is the show where Brent Jacobson calls in asking for the real Christian Ponder to please stand up. Classic Brent. 
That's a classic. He says, also, Joey has a nice rant on Vikings quarterback history, and I like that sort of talk. Listening back gives me some perspective to who the Vikings are as a team, relevant even today. One more thing, and I am not selling anything here, but I really like listening to Joey work over the details, dance through the stats, highlight the relevant games, and make a few jokes and puns. Willie Beavers, Billy Weavers style, yep. (laughs) It's not even... May yet, but who cares? I got my helmet on. Uh, Skull Mark from Iowa. Thank you. That was awesome. You're a a gold star winner for this episode, Mark. Without a doubt. Gold star for this episode. Um, I also want to encourage you to look up the What Ifs Live On. That is from February, I believe. February 2009? January 2009. 2010, pardon me. Right after the Vikings uh, lost to the New Orleans Saints. I think that is the most emotional and best work that I've ever done on Purple Mafia. Of course, it's not a wonderful thing that took place, but still an awesome episode, without a doubt. Uh, Brent Jacobson was listing the Week 1 Patriots injury report. Tight end player Hernandez, questionable injury, neck. (laughs) Ouch. Um, Yes, and Aaron Hernandez had uh, hung himself in prison. Of course, he was convicted of one murder, acquitted on another. He was serving a life sentence, the former New England uh, Patriots Former former New England Patriots, former tight end, and current gangster, unfortunately, and now, well, no longer with us. Uh, he was a prisoner over there, so in the Boston area, unfortunately, and that's how things go. Mark Rosen says, oh, Brent, that's witty but tasteless. Love it. <laughs> oh, boy. James Beck wrapping up the Fan of Direction segment saying, Twickenham, that's Twick and... Twickenham <laughs> tickets purchased game day. It's my it's on my birthday too. Super excited. Skull and James Beck is out of the. I believe he's out of the UK if I remember correctly. So pretty cool. So he's on his way to play against the Cleveland Browns there in England. So pretty awesome. Want to thank you guys very much again for joining the show. All the uh, sh- the all the information will be in the show description for the Facebook page, the Twitter account, and. Of course, the phone line, which is 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail to treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Purple Mafia. Your statement, shout-out, comment, question. Unfortunately, for the call-in line, is a three-minute limit. But, hey, you know, still three minutes, you can get a heck of a lot out there, as long as you stay on topic. And also, again, the uh, the other way to get on, you go through the same phone line. If you're international, click the Call Now button on the Purple Mafia page. You go right into the same line. Again, three-minute limit. And then the final way to get in is the audio submission route, which you can use your smart device or Audacity with a real microphone, whatever, on your laptop or computer or whatever. Um, <clears throat> you can use that. Of course, the free uh, applications on your smartphone, smart device, whatever it is. And then email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. There is no limit to that, but please don't go crazy. Stay on topic. Keep it to a reasonable amount of time. Email it to that email address. Again, all of that information will be in the show description, so maybe you can copy-paste or whatever you need to do to get things rolling and email that information to me. Again, uh, <laughs> the bat signal is out for those of you out there. Sebastian, Dave Martin, maybe Mark Carlson, anybody. Dave Hickey, always welcome to call in or send an audio submission or whatever it is to this show. Many others, Felix DePel out of Germany, you're more than welcome to chime in on this show. Uh, you know, Obviously, Tony Coleman, Brett McCarthy, Leland, I mean, you guys are just the best. Thank you again so much. James Beck, why not? Uh, hop on board, you're more than welcome to be on this show. 
one way or another. So thanks again to all of you. Please do write a positive rating on iTunes if you could. would be greatly appreciated, and I will give you a big shout-out, and I will guarantee you a star on any episode. Gerald Swing gets the silver star for this episode. Leland, a very silver-plated bronze star for this episode. Dave Hickey also will get a bronze star. Thank you again so much for your guys' inclusion on this show. Uh, Again, Tell your friends about it. would be greatly appreciated. And we'll be talking to you very soon, I, I hope, <laughs> as the news continues to develop for this club. Maybe a little while, but in a few weeks or so, give or take. Uh, maybe some talk about the OTAs or whatever. Hopefully good things happen and nobody gets hurt. But until then, enjoy your spring. Stay dry. Enjoy the flowers. Go for a walk, whatever it is. And then just uh, tune into Purple Mafia. Brave the wild Tim Rules explosion. Ha, ha, ha. Enjoy yourself, and we'll talk to you soon.